sqpn.com presents The Secrets of Angels and Demons. Welcome to another episode of The Secrets of Angels and Demons. I'm Father Roderick. In this episode, you can listen to the second half of my review of the movie. Last time, I shared with you my first impressions after having seen Angels and Demons during its premiere in Rome, and I told you what I liked about the movie. In this part, we will take a more critical approach as I share with you what I didn't like about Angels and Demons. Hundreds of thousands are gathered in St. Peter's Square for conclave. It is on this night in Vatican City that an ancient ritual is taking place. The new pope is yet to be selected as we see the black smoke coming from the chimney of the Sistine Chapel. The entire world is watching and waiting. Which is why this is the perfect moment for our revenge. It's Illuminati. Here are my first impressions about the things that I thought didn't work that well. I think that the story, uh, the movie itself, suffers from the same problem that the first movie had. Uh, although it's 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 not as bad as in the first movie, and that is uh, an overload of information. There's too much exposition, especially in the first half of the movie. Um, I think that that is eventually what, what made The Da Vinci Code almost unbearable to watch. There was just so much information that they tried to cram in that movie. And, uh, and, and you know, wherever Langdon went, he was always giving, you know, he was always talking. He was always explaining. He was always giving you more data to convince you. And he became so obnoxious after a while. You're like, yeah, 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 whatever. And uh, in this movie, I had that at some points during the first half. I was like, oh, they're, again, they're doing the same thing. They're trying to over-explain everything you see. Uh, they try to put too much of the book into the movie, and it's, it's not really necessary for the, for the evolution of the story. You don't need to have the explanation of every single symbol. And I, so I think that they overdid a little bit, even though at times I had the feeling that they deliberately rushed through that. But still, it, it felt rushed. And it, I was like, well, if you want to rush through it in order not to bother us too much with all that factual information, why not just skip it all together and, and leave it for the fans to, to read the book and, uh, and just leave it out of the movie? So I think that that was uh, a little bit um, uh, too much in the first half. But of course, in the second half, you know, the, the action becomes predominant and it's, it's no longer really about the, the story. You're just like, so, okay. Who did it and uh, how are they going, going to save the world? Um, another thing, and this might be a, a little bit of a, a personal point, a pet peeve of mine. Um, you know, they, they, of course, couldn't film inside the Vatican. And so they used a location that is used a lot in movies nowadays as a replacement of the, the inside of the, the, the palaces of the Vatican. And they went to the... Uh, the castle of Caserta. Now, um, Caserta is, is very well known. It's a beautiful castle. It's used in a lot of movies, and I think that is the problem. Because if you have seen 
The Phantom Menace, Star Wars The Phantom Menace, then you will immediately recognize the Naboo Palace. It's exactly the same staircase, the same hallway that they film in. And that is a little bit jarring. I thought it was even jarring in Star Wars itself because the, the castle is so well known. Everybody who goes to Italy, if they have a little bit of time and they want to venture outside of Rome, then Caserta is a great tourist destination. And so here in Italy, it's very well known. And, um, and so whenever you see that, it kind of breaks the, 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 the illusion that you're in, in, in another world. And, and it's so I was like, I was looking at Star Wars, at Naboo. <laughs> and I wasn't, I, that took me out of the movie. Um, so even though they did a great job recreating um, some other parts of the Vatican digitally, I, I would have wished that they had done the, that also for... Um, you know, with the scenes that they now filmed on location in Caserta. But of course, I think for, you know, the regular viewer, they, they might not really see that because they don't recognize the, the castle. But I think Star Wars fans, yeah, they will definitely say, hey, that's Naboo. Where is uh, Princess Amidala? <laughs> Queen Amidala. And um, so, um, let's see. What else was there? Um, so that, w that was about the location. There was something else that I wanted to say. Oh, yes, about the... The scenes outside, that now they try to make you believe that they are constantly within the Vatican. Um, although, and, and I think that they, they, they did a pretty good job kind of recreating the same atmosphere. Um, you know, a lot of the architecture inside the Vatican is, is very similar to other parts of Rome. It's the same style of building buildings, the same colors in the street. But at, at points, you could, you could easily tell that they were not inside the Vatican, uh, but that this was filmed you know, in another palace or somewhere in, in Rome. And, and at one point you even see some shops outside in the street. And you're like, there's no way that this is anywhere near the Vatican. But again, this is something for, you know, that will only be obvious to people who, who've been in the Vatican a long, you know, very, very often. Uh, but I think for the regular viewer, that, this is not a problem at all. But anyway. Um, now, now uh, let's go to the more... Um, the bigger problems that I had with the movie um, and with the story, I think. Um, lots and lots and lots of factual inaccuracies. Um, too many, actually. I thought that was really jarring. Um, they're, they're, they got so much stuff wrong about the procedures surrounding the election of the Pope, etc. And um, I, I think, uh, from what I heard, uh, one, of the, one of the things that, that um, they wanted to do in the movie is depict the Vatican as the religious cathedral or the, the religious holy place and then CERN in Switzerland as the scientific cathedral or holy place and kind of juxtapose those. Um, but, uh, uh, well, with, with CERN, um, they actually went uh, through a lot of trouble, you know, trying to get scientists involved and, and trying to portray the CERN project uh, as accurately as possible. And uh, I think that they even filmed during an experiment that was carried out there. And so they got a lot of that stuff more or less right. Uh, even though, of course, the, the, the actual pr premise of creating antimatter is, is, uh, <laughs> is not scientifically correct. But um, they, 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 they tried, they really made an effort to, to portray this as believable as possible. Well, I am really uh, annoyed by the fact that they didn't do that same effort for uh, for the you know the Vatican and for the procedures surrounding the uh, the conclave etc. There were so many errors there, 
And, um, and I think, you know, the reason, of course, is that if you would do that, if you would try to be as accurately, you know, to depict it as accurately as possible, the story wouldn't work anymore. Because, <laughs> you know, some of the plot points wouldn't be possible in real life. And so, anyway, um, but I still thought they were a little bit uh, too easygoing on, on the details there. Um, so lots of factual inaccuracies, also lots of made-up stuff. Um, and, and, and one very important uh, uh, element in the story, and that is the whole role of the Camerlengo. That is really, really, really <laughs> totally inaccurate. The, the power that they attribute to the, the Camerlengo as being like almost the Pope in person when the real Pope is, is dead, that is completely nonsense. It's completely fictional. Um, and also, uh, another very important plot point in the movie uh, when the uh, or in the story when, when, the, when the cardinals are uh, you know very impressed by the heroic deeds of the Camerlengo towards the end of the story um, they try to convince the one of the, the more important cardinals of uh, the fact that they should actually elect the Camerlengo as the next pope and then you know, they say well our rules our regulations don't don't allow us to do that and then they come up these cardinals with the, well, but we have this rule, this ancient rule of um, uh, election by adoration. So if, if we're all fans of this new guy, even though he's not a cardinal, then yeah, he can be the next pope. And it's like, yeah, oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, we have that rule. <laughs> and so that rule is complete hogwash. It's completely made up. It doesn't exist at all. So, uh, and there are more elements of the, the, the whole procedure that are just... Uh, coming from the <laughs> from the imagination of, of Dan Brown instead of uh, of, of reality. Um, now another um, important uh, plot point that is, that is seriously flawed is uh, the depiction of Bernini, the, uh, the, the famous artist, as uh, as an Illuminatus, as a member of the Illuminati. Whereas we know historically that the whole Illuminati movement came way. After he, after the the life of, of Bernini, so he, he, you know it's just historically impossible that he was a member of the Illuminati. So that's another historical point I think that they got wrong. Um, and and the, I'm just you know doing this a little bit at random. I, I didn't really synthesize my uh, my thoughts here, but just a few other points. Um, I thought what was almost funny was the way in which they depicted Vatican security and the Swiss guards. Um, they, they did a good job, I think, explaining that, you know, it's not just the Swiss guards, uh, who are, of course, the most visible in the Vatican, uh, that, that, that are in charge of, of security, uh, but that there's actually also a security force next to them. But the way they depict these guys is just, <laughs> you know, you go to the headquarters of, uh, of the Swiss guards and it's almost like a CIA headquarters full of, you know, high-tech wizardry and all sorts of gadgets and evil ancient weapons it's like come on you can't be serious <laughs> it's like the, the the swiss guards um despite their costumes they're in reality some kind of swap team and it was it's just way over the top the same is true uh, of the uh the the famous uh, secret archives the whole and this is very important for the plot and they they deliberately you know, play with, you know, the general impression that people have that the, the secret archives, oh my God, this has to be this, this really hidden 
a treasure trove underneath the Vatican, this high security, super advanced. And so they show you these secret archives. And again, it looks like the Jedi archives in, uh, in, in, in the Star Wars movies, you know. And, and this is completely made up. It doesn't look at, like that at all. Uh, and, and they show you like all these museum pieces be, being part of the secret archives and the secret library. Whereas, you know, th so for instance, they show you like the, the ancient cars uh, and um, um, how do you say that the horse and carriages that the previous popes would use as being part, you know, as being there on display. Whereas, you know, I visited um, uh, the Vatican a few months ago with a friend of mine. And uh, we actually, that is actually part of the Vatican museums. And it's, it's not at all, you know, th those things are on display in a separate um, hallway, uh, you know, somewhere in, 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 in the, um, as part of the, of the Vatican gardens, I think. And so <laughs> it's, it's very simple. If, you, if you've ever visited the, the museums and you've ever visited the Vatican, you know that this is, you know, this is completely made up. There is, there is not this huge, enormous, subterranean, high-tech, archive and the reason that it's called the secret archives is not because it's part of one big cover-up but that's an historical name and the fact that Langdon can't get access is not because they hate Langdon but it's because of the the uh, high value of all the documents that are kept there not because they're like keeping secrets that nobody might know about but just the archival value of, of all those documents and the tremendous work of organization, classification, and research that has to be carried out in a very responsible way. So you cannot just open the doors and tell every historian, well, yeah, if you, if you want to go and do research, just open the drawers and just take out whatever you want. That would, you know, from an archival uh, procedural point of view, that would be impossible. But, you know, of course, in the general uh, view and also the mythology surrounded the, surrounding the Vatican secret archives oh gosh that has to be you know the way they portrayed in the movie anyway so I thought that was that was quite hilarious but, but you know again if you take it just as a as a fantasy movie like like, like a James Bond movie in, in James Bond you will see stuff like this and of course you know that James Bond is not real so you're like oh well of course not but let there be no mistake the Vatican is, is quite different from what they show you in this movie so it's more like a James Bond version of, uh, of the Vatican but but it's not really realistic anyway uh, so that was kind of funny uh, um, now now some more serious uh, criticism that I had uh, and and this was more towards the end of the movie I was like hmm as much as I liked the action and you know the, the the way they keep you entertained and guessing what's going on and you know, the, 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 the kind of 24 Jack Bauer type of tension that they build up. Um, towards the end, there is, again, this very negative stance about the Catholic Church, um, which I think is, uh, is not fair and, um, and is even unnecessary. But it, it is the same, I think, the same kind of um, judgmental attitude, uh, a very uh, caricature way of portraying the Catholic Church that you also see in Dan Brown's Da Vinci Code. Um, so my main beef was this uh, portrayal of the Catholic Church as this organization of old men that are kind of stupid um, and uh, friendly but stupid that are 
trying to cover everything up and everybody in the Vatican um, is part of that cover-up. So you've got all these murders of the cardinals, uh, you know, and this all happens in plain sight and there are many, many testimony, uh, witnesses um, and still the Vatican and, and all the journalists believe that, uh, say, well, oh, this was all an accident and, uh, and so, you know, and, and then you see all these, these cardinals um, talking to Langdon and saying, well, yeah, well, I hope you will be kind with us, as if they are constantly trying to, you know, to, to twist reality and to lie to the general public in order to get a good reputation and, and to, to portray this image of the Catholic Church as being, you know, where, where everything is good and everything is calm. And that is so unfair. I mean, gosh, I know that there's been a lot of criticism um, towards uh, certain, certain groups within the Catholic Church. Um, well, for instance, the, the criticism that, that uh, was, I think, in, in, in a lot of cases justified uh, about the whole scandal uh, in, in the United States and, and, you know, some bishops indeed trying to cover up some of the facts, but also sometimes trying to protect, protect certain people, um, sometimes with the best intentions, but to, to take that and to generalize that in, in a portrayal of the Catholic Church being this huge company of people that are all trying and working together to cover up everything to the most minute details of, of these murders. That is, that is really ridiculous and, uh, and, and it's, it's really not uh, what, what, is, what is actually happening. So um, even though they, they try to explain it, why the church would do that, I, I still think that, that is, you know, you don't take the church uh, seriously when you when you portray it like that um, let's see uh, plus it's, it's just not it's not realistic nobody would believe a cover-up like that but you know in 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 Dan Brown's story everybody just uh, just drinks the Kool-Aid <laughs> so that makes it quite improbable um, now there is another uh, uh, problem that I had with the, the overall story of angels and demons and that is that in the end the, the thing that explains everything that happens, the murders, the cover-up and everything, is this age-old fear of science. That science would one day debunk religion, would prove that God doesn't exist or is explainable by some mathematic or chemical or whatever explanation that's purely rational. And, uh, uh, you know, the Camerlengo being, of course, also you know, a, a man, even though he says the contrary, but he is, he is completely determined, of, or, or, you know, his actions all stem from that, that deeply rooted fear that science is threatening to religion because it might uh, make God actually not necessary anymore because you can explain everything, so why do you need God? And the way in which they make that point um, and or have you know people from the church the cardinals and the camerlengo you know defending that position um is so way and way and way off uh of the official position of of the catholic church towards science which is a very positive attitude and even though of course in the past there has been this struggle between science and religion nowadays uh, there's no one in the Vatican that holds that position that science is evil and that we have to suppress it and, and that it might actually threaten religion. That is not at all the case. Uh, religion is, uh, talks about a very different 
metaphysical reality. And I always try to summarize it like this. Science tries to explain and tries to help us understand um, what happens, when it happened. And the church and religion talk much more about why things are the way they are and where to it all exists. What is the, what is the purpose? What is the meaning? And purpose and meaning are no, are no scientific uh, uh, entities. I mean, so you need another discourse. And I think that there is much less confusion about this in, in theology nowadays and in the church than, uh, than Brown wants us to, to believe. And so I think that the way he uh, kind of suggests that the Catholic Church is afraid of science and is ready to, you know, to, to do evil things in order to prevent science to actually uh, do its job is, is, is just very far away from the truth and from the real position of the, of the Church about science. And, uh, you know, if you want to have more information about that, there are many, many documents and talks about, about from, from you know, all the previous popes, but also from congregations within the Vatican that, that can tell you a, a lot more about that. And, um, uh, but that's, that's beyond the scope of, uh, of this uh, show. So the conclusion of the movie seems to be, uh, and this is, this is also said at, towards the end of the movie, well, the world need, both needs religion and science. And so, you know, let's get along. That seems to be the, 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 the main conclusion of the movie, which seems to be positive. However, it also, there is this implication that, you know, yes, the world seems to need religion and science. However, science is the real deal, whereas religion is just seriously flawed in its core. And the, the institutions, like the Catholic Church, are run by people who'd rather, you know, cover up stuff and deny scientific progress in order to keep their own religious world which is not based on fact and which is you know actually easy to debunk to keep that intact and I think that is uh, <laughs> I, th I thought that was that was a really um, irritating conclusion of the movie so um, th that is my first reaction actually I've been talking a little bit longer than I thought I would uh, but I hope uh, uh, that, that this gives you a, a first primer of, of uh, what I thought of the, the various story elements. Now, what I propose to do in future episodes um, of this mini-series about uh, angels and demons is actually to go and visit the locations that you see in the movie because, you know, like 90% of the movie takes place in Rome, very well-known locations, uh, the statues that you see in the movie, the, you know, the Bernini stuff, uh, the Vatican, the Conclave. There's lots and lots of stuff that we can go explore. And then we can compare what happens in the story, um, what Dan Brown tells us about, you know, what, what, what takes place in, in his world. And as, as more or less of an insider, you know, having, having studied here and having witnessed the Conclave and... Um, uh, you know, the death of John Paul II at the conclave that he, and the election of, of Pope Benedict and having, you know, lots of contacts uh, within the, the world of the Vatican. Um, I, I hope to, to be able to give you some, some information that you might find interesting about, you know, so, okay, we've got Dan Brown's story and now what, what is the real deal? What is what's the reality? And, and I think just going to those places and just seeing with our own eyes uh, those statues and everything. I, th I think we, we can we can do a, 
uh, a number of, uh, of very interesting shows. So um, I hope that you will come along with me. So stay subscribed uh, to this show and um, spread the word, of course. Now, you can uh, download this show as uh, many of the other programs that I make on iTunes. Just go to iTunes and search for um, Angels and Demons or Secrets of Angels and Demons and you'll be able to uh, easily subscribe. But the cool thing about iTunes is that you can also leave reviews. So, um, and, and that actually helps uh, uh, shows like, like these to get some more exposure because the more people react and, and, and give a review, um, the more it, it gets uh, you know, noticed by the iTunes people and by the, the people that visit it. So, so if you are interested in this, um, in this show and, and, and you appreciate what I try to do, then I would invite you to go over to iTunes and, uh, and leave a review there. That would be very much uh, appreciated. And um, if you want to have more information about this show, if you want to see the show notes, sometimes you know I, I, I post more information or links to places where you can read more about the topics that we talk about, then keep in mind uh, that you can always go to the website www.sqpn.com. SQPN.com. SQPN stands for StarQuest Production Network. So SQPN.com and then you can search there for uh, this episode and uh, the accompanying show notes. That is how they call these notes that accompany uh, these episodes. So that's, uh, that's about it for today. Um, hope you enjoyed this and found it informative. And um, if so, then I hope to see you next time when we start our exploration of the locations and the themes of Dan Brown's Angels and Demons. See you next time. Thanks for listening and God bless. SQPN, leading the way in Catholic new media.